What's up, people? Welcome to today's episode of the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. As February's Heart Health Month comes to a close, we're going to do a deep dive into the intriguing world of moderate drinking and its impact on heart health, just in time for a heart-focused celebration. Amid the myriad of studies, opinions, and anecdotes, we're here to explore the true effects of your favorite beverages on your cardiovascular system. What does it mean to be a moderate drinker? And can that occasional glass of wine or beer contribute to a healthier heart. With so many factors at play, from the type of drink to the quantity and frequency, it's a topic ripe for exploration. Plus, we'll touch on how embracing moderation and drinking might just align with the disciplined lifestyle of athletes and the strategic thinking of entrepreneurs. Join us as we sift through the evidence, debunk the myths, and offer insights into making more informed choices for your heart's well-being. Let's go. Hey, what's up, people? You know, over this past week, I was preparing for this podcast, kind of thinking to myself as like, what are the biggest things that I want to hit home? And I came across this tremendous article from the Sunnyside Mindful Drinking app. And so I'll go ahead and link that actual article in here because a lot of this information is kind of taken from the idea of how we can exercise our heart health and still moderate and be mindful of our drinking which I think is really funny because for me, I'm, I'm in my 60 day range. And what I wanted to do was build on some of the exploration that we started to explore at the beginning of the year with dry January, because for me, I've continued to use the app and I think it's fantastic for a lot of reasons. We'll get into that here in a little bit, but what I did notice my family has been gone for the past week and I'm someone who really loves freedom, but also really loves structure. And what I noticed about my family being gone is I wasn't accountable to stopping work at a certain time because I had to go pick up my kid or I had to be a dad or I had to be a husband or I had to just be a uh, part of the family. And I noticed that when that was happening, I not only worked much later than what I usually do, but I also found myself extremely tired. And for those who have utilized the app, you kind of know that at the beginning of the week, you sort of track your drinks, right? Or you, you look at your, your mindful drinking plan and you're like, okay, here's my plan. I know that I have these social experiences coming up or I know that I'm getting a drink with a friend, whatever that is, right? So for me, what I did notice is not only did I plan for having some drinks with some friends that I hadn't seen you know, for a while there because it was gonna be a social experience, but I ended up not having those drinks in those days, but also having two drinks during times when I was really tired. And so I was able to hit my drink goal five throughout the week. But what I did notice is I actually exchanged the days because of how tired and stressed that I was. And so for me, like it was also a personal experience with not only just if I'm at my 60 day range or 60 day trend, if you will, of tracking my drinks. But one of the things that I told myself when I first started is, I'm going to be 100% honest with this because if I'm dishonest, I'm only being dishonest to myself and my progression as I continue to not only promote people being mindful about their experience with alcohol, but also myself, right? And so I wanted to be honest because I think for any of us who are looking to explore that, we've probably at one or one time or another said like, well, I think I had like two to three drinks. I'm not really sure. And some of that might be true, but it also just might be in a, a lie by omission, right? And so- I did notice that. And as I was preparing for this, I kind of thought to myself and I was like, you know what? At the, it's the, almost the end of February. I think if we discuss heart health month, I think it's extremely important. You know, it's the number one killer in the U S it's very likely that some of us 
have been connected to, connected to it to some degree. I know that I've had family members who have struggled with it. In fact, RIP Uncle Rudy, I love you, bro. Uh, he passed away because of it. So like, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons why this topic is not only just relevant, but I also think can likely cause you to be thinking about your own mortality to some extent, right? And and I think that those pieces are really important. So luckily, my family is coming back tomorrow. So I get on some sort of schedule. But I think as we look forward, I wanted us to explore why this is a relevant topic, why it's important for us to continue outside of dry January, for us to continue our mindfulness journey when it comes to why we drink and what we're drinking. So that being said, let's go ahead and dive into some background into heart disease. So there are risk, fa risk factors that come with that. And we look at your risk factors. A lot of these are going to have some sort of semblance of your genes. And in a lot of ways, the really empowering thing is some of them, if not most of them, they can change based off of your behaviors. And that's the really empowering thing here. So if we look at someone who is struggling with high blood pressure, not only is there medical intervention, but you can do things that are going to help to lower your blood pressure. But we don't know that it's high without actually scheduling visits with our medical and our health team. And that's when I think we were discussing this earlier in the month about creating a team around you, dietitian, you know, in, in a lot of cases for a lot of you who are in training or being athletes in your own right or getting into your business or getting into your career, you know, having a therapist on your team having some sort of strength coach or someone who has some sort of exercise expertise, I think is extremely important when it comes to this. So for someone who struggles with high blood pressure, that's going to be reversible. Someone who has high LDL, that's another risk factor of heart disease. That's another thing that can be reversible through diet and other interventions. Diabetes, smoking and secondhand smoke. I think the secondhand smoke's probably a lot more nuanced because if it's secondhand, then it has a lot to do with, what the, with what's going on in the environment. So that's probably has a lot of nuance, but the other pieces that we would look at is obesity. Again, nuance. We just discussed that here in past conversations an imbalanced diet, and then also physical inactivity. Now there's a lot of gray area when it comes to this, but I think the empowering thing behind this is that a lot of our behaviors and how we come into our rituals play a massive role in not only avoiding the biggest killer in the U S but also just being mindful about your behaviors. And I think when we look at this topic in itself is not only are we being mindful about our consumption, but also getting some education around, well, why does this impact our heart and what can I do to make sure that I'm doing everything that I can to show up as that best version of, of myself? So let's discuss what moderate drinking might mean. So when we look at moderate drinking, it's usually defined as one drink a day for men or rather one drink a day for women and two drinks a day for men. Now, portions matter in the same way with your nutrition. Because oftentimes, if, especially if we're having drinks at home or even to, to uh, one of our, our, our establishments that we really enjoy, it might be likely that they're not using actual pours. They're kind of just pouring for themselves. So these things do matter when we look at it over time. So if we look at the standard drink of beer, let's say, and I have some examples here. If you're watching on our YouTube channel or on Spotify, you'll be able to see this. Uh, shout out to Groovy. We got some gifts of some non-alcoholic non beer that I am really, really enjoying. I do have a story about this next one that I'm about to tell, but I'll get there when I get there. So if we look at 12 ounces of beer, that's going to be considered one portion or, or one, uh, one quantity of your beer. The other thing that we would want to look at is four ounces of wine. Right here, I actually have Groovy's Bubbly Rosé. Uh, <laughs> 
you know what? Now that I'm thinking about this, more men need to do this. So this is a call to men to do this. All right. So the other day I was kind of feeling a certain way and I was like, you know what? I need to calm down a little bit. I, I'm going to go ahead and take a bubble bath. I've been really getting into way more reading since the new year. It's been one of my uh, inten intentional things, if you will. And so I'm on my third book, which I'm really excited about. So I was like, you know what? That book is getting really good. So I'm going to take a bubble bath. I'm going to get my book. I'm going to do a face mask because uh, I'm 38. And you know what? I need to be thinking about skincare. Uh, I never have, but now it's more relative more than anything else. So I found myself uh, in engaging in that self-care ritual, and it was actually really glorious. So for all the guys out there that are listening, uh, if you're not taking bubble baths, uh, drinking non-alcoholic Prosecco, reading and having a face mask, then, then what are you doing? <laughs> so I did that and I was like, you know what? Like this felt, this felt really great. And so shout out to Groovy for that. But going back to our quantities, so this is going to be 12 fluid ounces. So again, it's not an alcoholic uh, wine, if you will. But for you, we want to be thinking about four ounces as that portion. And then obviously we have with your spirits is going to be one and a half ounces. I'm here holding almost like two and a half of a, of a shot glass, if you will. So obviously it's going to be half than half than that. Now, when we look at moderating light to moderate drinking, I think it's important to note that once again, there is a great deal of nuance because if you have a medical team or some health conditions, heart issues, or if you're on medications, obviously if you're pregnant and your health team has asked you not to be drinking, it's a good conversation to be, to be having with, with, with yourself because these things are going to be really important. Now I'm talking to the people that are healthy individuals that are not only just becoming mindful of why they drink, but they also don't have the health issues that I just described before. Now, when we look at consumption quantities, I think another piece that's important, and this is something that I tend to find with a lot of clients that I have who are athletes and entrepreneurs that are coming in, not only looking to maximize their performance and their health, but also taking a look at some of the other different areas that are opportunities for them. And I tend to find that usually their relationship with alcohol is one thing that is really killing their sleep. A lot of them are coming in to not only just to get stronger and improve their performance, but also coming in and requesting some body recomposition. And this is one of those things that we do want to tackle. So I'll usually ask them like, hey, what's your relationship with alcohol look like? What's your, what does you know, a, a weekly consumption look like for you? And then we start tracking it so that we can get some data behind what's going on. And this kind of offers us an opportunity to get a bit more specific and a bit more accurate about what we're looking at. But this is a topic that I tend to discuss with a lot of them is that topic of the differences between your binge drinking and your heavy drinking. Now, saving up your drinks for the weekend is usually considered binge drinking behavior or heavy drinking behavior, and it doesn't really count as moderate. Because when you look at the concept of binge drinking, usually what that means from a male perspective is five or more drinks within two hours, and then for females, four or more drinks within two hours. Now, when we look at heavy drinking, that's going to mean it's four or more drinks in a day for men, which usually kind of counts up to almost 14 a week, and then three on any day or more than seven. So that kind of gives you an overview. So heavy drinking is more than 14 for men or more than four on any given day, or for women, more than seven throughout the week or more than three uh, on any given day. So this kind of gives you a little bit more of an overview, which I think when we look at binge and heavy drinking, these are the things that are going to 
put us much more at risk for some of these heart health conditions. And this is a good time for us to be thinking about our consumption quantities and also why we drink. Now, when we look at the effects, the overall effects on the heart from alcohol, there's a couple key things that I want us to understand. So first thing is that drinking usually causes temporary changes in your heart rate and your pulse. So it either goes up or rather goes down, which if we're looking at light to moderate consumption, that's really not going to be a, a big, a big siren. However, if it's something that's happening within heavy drinking or binge drinking, and it's happening over time, more in, in a chronic state where it's ongoing, these are things that we want to be watching out for. Because when we look at your long-term risks, this is going to make sure or it's going to bring up some blood pressure issues because that heart muscle is going to weaken from the heavy drinking. It's going to thin the lining. And that's not something that we want, right? We want strong, strong lining when it comes to pumping blood in and out of, of our organs and different things. Now, there are some benefits to light to moderate drinking. There have been some things that have been shown to, to have some sort of positive impact. Now, once again, we do want to make sure that we hold that space for helping you to understand why you drink, because I think if we can bring in more intentionality as to why we go for that beer, why we go for that different type of alcohol, I think that's really going to help us stem into other areas, into how we sleep, how we move, how we eat, and how we think. And I think those are the bigger pieces that I think are extremely important when it comes to this. Now, when we look at some tools to help you to moderate your drinking, you already know I'm a big fan of the Sunnyside Mindful Drinking app. And we've talked about this in subsequent episodes, but I think it, it bears repeating because if you're someone who did the dry January challenge and you kind of fell off, or if you're someone who saw the campaign of doing dry January, and as we step into March, you're still kind of thinking to yourself, you know, are there ways to maximize my performance, not only just on the proverbial field, but, you know, in my work in my cognition, you know, how I show up in my different areas of my, of my life. I think this is perfect for you to try out once again. What I really love about the app is that there's a, there's a tracking sequence because to me, when you are able to be really honest about your behaviors, it provides you tracking and provides you trend because the trends don't lie. It gives you some insight into how you're doing mentally and emotionally. And, I, and that's something that I just really, really love about it. The other thing that I love, because it gives you trends, it's actually going to create progress for you. One of the coolest features that I really love about it right now is it goes over how much money you've saved from not only mindfully drinking, but not engaging in the type of drinking that you were doing in, in this past version of you, if you will. So that's something that I really like. It does take a look at quote unquote empty calories that you've been able to avoid. Uh, it does help to take a look at not only just those two things, but also extra nights of sleep in essence. So I, I think there's so many things about it that help you to create milestones. And you, and you know that if you're engaging in something that's really important for you and something that's going to take some time, our, our human need, if you will, is not only just that we feel seen and heard, but that we're making progress in life. And I think that's a really normal thing. And that's something that I really love. So it's not only going to help you to create milestones, but it's going to give you those milestones with, hey, here's, here's how much money you, you've saved. Here's how many nights of sleep that you've gained. Hey, here are the empty calories that you haven't consumed. And that's something that I really love. Another aspect is going to be community. Again, it, it gives you a a mindfulness prompt and inside of that community, people get to have comments and really uplift one another. And that's something that I really love. And then obviously it has challenging and ongoing coaching. And you already know how I feel about challenges and coaching. They come one, you know, they come 
they come together, right? And that's something that I that I really, really love about it. Now, if you're not someone who's into tech or if you're still exploring this, when we look at tools to help you to, to moderate and become mindful about your drinking habits, I'm a big person on this. This isn't going to be news to you. Don't be afraid of therapy. You know, therapists are trained professionals that are going to be able to hold space. And I really, God, I really, I really love my wife, man. She's amazing. Um, my daughter had asked why therapists exist. And I, I'm going to butcher what my wife said because I, I usually do. But she was explaining to my, my seven-year-old and her seven-year-old brain that sometimes we need people to talk to and to be honest with without judgment. And it's not to say that we don't have those types of people in our lives or people in our family might not be able to do that. But in this case, this is this is a, a non-biased type of person that is there to listen to you, to hold space for all the things that you've been holding inside or maybe you're not comfortable talking about. And again, I'm butchering what she said. It was such a beautiful way to be thinking about why it's important to talk to someone that you can trust and that can be non-biased and can provide you with some feedback and someone who is skilled in some of the things that make us intricately us. But the whole reason why I told that story and the whole reason why it really spoke to me is that when we engage in this process, I think it's really important for us to find something or someone that we can be really honest with. And I think those pieces are incredibly imperative when we're looking at what progress looks like in our life. So in this case, if you're looking at a tool to moderate your drinking, working with a therapist or working with a, with a mental health team is going to help you to explore why you drink and also to explore some of the moments in which you might, you know, you might overconsume or moments where you went to grab that drink because you had a certain feeling that you wanted to avoid. And I think, listen, for those who are not exploring their relationship with alcohol, I think that this spans into different areas. So if you're working on maximizing your relationship with food, I think we can all agree that food is one of those things that sometimes is substituted when you don't want to feel feelings. In the same way that we probably use exercise, Exercise is a really great mental health tool, but it's not a substitution for a therapist, right? In the same way that we use meditation and other things like that, like those things are meant to be mindfulness tools that sometimes get hijacked into avoiding certain feelings or problems that we don't want to hold space for. But this is why a therapist and a, and a mentally, mental health trained professional, a professional can help you with that because they're going to help you to understand your needs and knowing why you drink and not only just how much, but also why you do it, I think is, is an incredibly great tool. Now, when we look at moderation benefits, right? So we're, we're still tackling moderating your drinking and becoming more mindful about why you consume what you consume. When we look at those risk factors, and these are the reasons why I think it's important for us to moderate our drink. So first and foremost, if we're able to, to engage in light to moderate drinking, we're going to reduce the risk of our heart disease. More than 100 studies have shown that moderating your alcohol can help you have fewer cardiovascular events. And I think when we look at some of the research behind it, I think it's really important to note that, of course, there's a great deal of nuance. You know, typically speaking, those that consume wine technically tend to be a bit more better off socioeconomically. So once again, when I say these things, there is some nuance. And so I just want you to take in the information and use it for what you will. So once again, moderating your drinking can help reduce the risk of heart disease. It can also help you lower your blood pressure. 
Because if you're not engaging in heavy drinking, just like we had talked about earlier, we're not seeing the, the crazy the crazy up levels and down levels of your heart rate because you're moderating your drinking instead of engaging in heavy drinking, which has shown to, to lessen the lining of what we don't want, right? So th these are big pieces that I think are important for us to note. Other things that we've seen is that when we are able to engage in light to moderate drinking is that it increases your quote unquote good cholesterol, your HDL. And this might, and generally speaking, when you get your labs, and this is important, this is why I always push people to be seeing a dietitian or, or to ask questions of your health provider. You know, why do you want higher HDLs and lower LDLs? Because typically speaking, when we look at heart disease and some of the risk factors, higher LDLs and lower HDLs are going to be massive risk factors when it comes to that. So ways in which we do that is we take a look at your diet, we take a look at your activity, and we also take a look at your body composition. All of these things are going to play a factor into that. Going back to some of these benefits, light to moderate drinking is also going to help you a, for, with a reduced risk of stroke. With, in, in addition to a re reduced risk of type 2 diabetes. So there's a lot to be said when it comes to some of the benefits behind your light to moderate drinking, because these pieces are going to be really important. Now, obviously, we've probably seen this research or we've seen these articles with the amazing benefits of one or the amazing benefits of having one beer a day. While these studies are still happening and there's a lot of nuance to them and they're still exploring alcohol research and what that means. There is one promising piece that I think is really cool. There's some research out of 2022 that explored more than 400,000 participants or around 400,000 participants. I think it was more around like 387,000, but for rounding up purposes, we'll just say 400 and 400,000 participants. When they looked at light to moderate drinkers, they were able to find that in regards to those risk factors, there was lower instance of heart disease risk. But again, given that people are different and there's some genetic variety when it comes to that, they still were able to note that any type of alcohol consumption can cause some risk given other genetic factors. So once again, I'm not here to tell you to completely to stop drinking, or I'm not here to tell you that drinking is healthy. What I am here to tell you is that if something that is a part of your life and something that you want to continue with, but you want to be more mindful as you explore your own relationship with your feelings, your habits, your rituals, and things like that, I want to give you the information so that you can make that next best step for yourself. I'm heavily aware of this. You know, I, I gave a shout out to my uncle Rudy here earlier, but you know, he passed away at 39. I can tell you that now that I'm 38, I, I, there is not a day that I don't think about this because he left his family at a really young age. I, I am so, so, so proud of my three cousins that experienced that and have grown to be tremendous, tremendous people, parents, significant others, entrepreneurs, like there's just so much about them that like, they're just big motivations for me. And the fact that they did that with what happened to them, I think is just, just fantastic. And I think as I turned 39 this year at the end of December, this is something that I'm constantly thinking about. And so once again, I'm not here to give you a black or white answer. I'm here to tell you that there's nuance when it comes to this. And if you're someone who's already thinking about that, because it is February's Heart Health Month and because heart risk is the number one, or heart disease rather, is the number one killer in the US, 
it's very likely that some of us have been impacted to some degree. And I think one of the ways in which we can do that is getting away from that risk is looking at our drinking habits and exploring what that means for us. So going back to this, here are a couple of things that we could be thinking about moving forward as we come to a close in today's episode. First things first is if we are heavily drinking or engaging in binge drinking, it's really great time for us to not only take some self-ownership of what's going on, but engaging with our performance teams, talking with our therapists, talking with our doctors, uh, talking with our coaches. Like Those are fantastic people to start this conversation with. Because we want to switch that binge and heavy drinking to more light to moderate. So your light range is going to usually be three to four throughout the week. And then your moderate kind of sends you uh, down the range of like that seven to 14, depending on variability there. Okay. The other thing we want to look at is nutrition. Nutrition plays a massive role in trying to avoid your heart disease risk. Once again, there's a lot of gray area when it comes to this. But I tend to find and what I usually do, what, what I usually work with people on is creating a foundation. Let's take a look and see if we can get you to a point where you recognize the value of balancing your plate, making sure each and every meal has quality protein, quality carbohydrates, quality fats, colorful fruits and veggies, right? So that kind of gives you an overview of things that you can be working on from a foundation perspective. And then we make builds from there because there's a lot of nutrients and things that we can be adding in. But if you can create yourself a foundation, Understand the role of fiber for females out there. If you can get 25 grams a day and for men out there, if you can get 38, fantastic. I usually look, look at balance. Let's help you get your protein. Let's get your fiber because if we can get those three things, it shows me that not only are you getting the different types of whole grain carbohydrates, but higher fiber carbohydrates that you're adding fruits and vegetables to your meals, that you're getting some healthy fats. And then you're getting your overall protein and you understand how to balance your plate. Like that's kind of the foundation that I usually work off with people. The other thing that we would look at is your overall weight. Now, this isn't to, to kind of go back on what we talked about with, with the BMI, but if you're someone who has a larger waist circumference and a lot of fat in that, in that waist area, right? A lot of adipose tissue. These are things that are going to be risk factors. Once again, talking with your performance teams. And then obviously we want to look at your role of activity, your overall exercise. So if you're someone who lives an active lifestyle, I tend to find that when I work with people, if we can get you to a step count that works for you, and if you can push your limits and get yourself into training at least four times out of the week, pushing your body's limits, if you will, for more than 30 minutes out of those four days, like that's a fantastic place to start. And then we work along with our, with our strength coaches to make sure that we're creating a program for you. But we have to have some foundation. And then the other piece here is obviously smoking is a massive one. You know, that's an episode in itself. Uh, I have not been someone who uh, has grown up around smoking or smoked myself. So I don't know how hard it is to quit if you're someone who does. But once again, there are resources available. So that kind of gives you an overview of really how to go to bat for yourself. And as we come to a close on our podcast, I want you to be thinking about a couple key things is one, we've likely had some sort of connection to heart disease in our lives, whether it's friends, family, or maybe even yourself. So it's something that's heavily prevalent if it's the number one killer in the US. Like that's, that's, the, that's the biggest stat that I think is, is crazy to me. So that's, that's a big piece. The other thing that we wanna look at is the things that you have control over. And I tend to find that how you eat, how you move, how you think, and how you sleep are four massive things that you can start with. 
And that's what this whole podcast is about, right? Is understanding the rituals of high-level individuals, athletes, and entrepreneurs of what it means to, to step into the healthiest version of themselves. Now, that's an incredibly vague term, you might be telling me, right? But I think it's extremely relative because there's some nuance. Yeah, there are some definite principles that we want to tackle, but I kind of give you that gift of, in reference to those four pillars, what are some areas of opportunity for you that you can get better at? And then, and I, I think that's the bigger question that we want to ask ourselves. So I wanted to drop this on a Monday because I was sort of feeling a certain sort of way. I was like, you know what? We haven't done a mentorship Monday in a while. Like that'd be kind of cool because on Friday kicks off March 1st, which is national nutrition month. Extremely excited about having some of the guests in. We're going to be tackling a bit more of nutrition topics and tapping into the stories of people on how they developed relationships with their food and what that means for their overall performance. And I think in a lot of ways, those pieces are going to be really cool. So we're going to kick that off. It's also going to be Caffeine Awareness Month. So we might have a couple episodes here and there on how to utilize caffeine in a more mindful and strategic way uh, for your overall performance, whether that is in the boardroom, in the office, or in your given training program. So I'll see you guys in the next one. Happy mother freaking Monday. Let's go.